Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday. The can't even remember the date, so I'm not going to say it. But you're listening to、the、Asia eighth, Pacific the eighth. The eighth. Thank you.、Uh, I'm Giselle Hanna. I'm James Barry, and I'm Pierre Morrow. And、um, that's right.、Uh, welcome to another show of Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you by Australia Asia Workerlinks. But before Giselle, I get you to say how you contact us. First of all, <coughs> of course, you're listening to 3CR Radio, favourite community radio station. We've got radiothon coming up soon, so put those dollars away. Secondly, thanks to Solidarity Breakfast for another interesting、uh, show, and、uh, a little.、Um, and the reason why、uh, there was a little technical hiccups on the way there after between the shows was because we've got to clean the panel because of COVID nineteen、um, um, guidelines. And unfortunately, I, while I was cleaning the mouse, the mouse then went and clicked on all totally different things on、These、the computer. These are problems that we now face. That's right. But That's I loved.、Right. I was saying, Pierre, I love that song, and I. I'm glad we got to hear it this morning. That's right, beautiful Cave Carmody, one of the best, I think. But、uh, Giselle, two things.、So、first of all, what's、um, how do you get in touch with Australia Asia Worker Links, and what's going to be on the second half of the program? That's right. If you do so,、uh, as you probably know, listener, Asia Pacific Currency is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. You can get in touch with us on the web or the w's dot a a w l dot org dot a u. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so find us, look us up. Just do a search for A A W L.、Uh, we continue to post news, current affairs, labour movement issues from the Asia Pacific region. And in the second part of the show, we'll be speaking with、uh, Charanya from the Tamil Refugee Council.、Um, listeners might know there is a, a rally, a demonstration next Saturday, the sixteenth of、um, <coughs> of May. Which is to commemorate Tamil Genocide Day. So we're going to be talking about well the Tamil genocide, but what continues to happen in Sri Lanka and what solidarity actions and resistance movements are arising in response. That's right. Very, very important. Very important to remember that unfortunately、uh, injustices continue all around the world. So it's just on、uh, three past nine o'clock here on Saturday, the eighth of May, Giselle. That's right.、Uh, do you want to start off with the,、uh, which is actually the week after May Day? <clears throat> But do you want to start off? Indeed. With...、Um, so we are gonna.、Uh, I, I know last week, Pierre, you promised the listeners that we would try bring some good news stories this week. I'm not sure you succeeded. I just wanted to highlight not just.、Um, Where where the movement is, but your failures, which, as you know, is my favourite thing to highlight on the show. <laughs> Looking at resistance in Myanmar, it's been over three months that the generals in Myanmar staged a coup, and the repression by the military has not let up. Over eight hundred people have been killed, more than four thousand arrested, and、uh, and an unknown number disappeared by security forces during this time. In addition, the country is now collapsing economically, with the banking system barely functioning, scores of factories closed, food and other essentials increasing in cost and becoming scarce, and many small businesses struggling to survive. 
The United Nations believes that millions of people are being thrown into poverty with around 3.5 million to face food shortages in the next three to six months. Nevertheless, mass opposition continues with daily protests occurring all around the country, ongoing strike actions by workers, the formation of civilian-led community zonal self-defence units and an increasing military campaign by the various ethnic groups against the military should also say that the international solidarity campaign continues as well. That's right, that's right. And um, we go to um, Turkey, where the arrests on May Day of over 200 left-wing activists in Istanbul as they were walking towards Taksim Square is only the latest of a continuing wave of repression against any critic of the government. On the 26th of April, a major trial got underway against over 100 opposition activists, all belonging to the People's Democratic Party, or HDP. These HDP members took part in demonstrations in 2014 in various cities in Turkey to protest the ISIS takeover of the Syrian border town of Kobani. They have all been charged with serious crimes, with prosecutors seeking multiple life sentences and thousands of years in prison against these activists. And, of course, these are are just the latest of uh, uh, trials against uh, HDP representatives. In a separate matter, human rights groups and journalists have begun a campaign against a newly passed circular issued on the 30th of April by Turkey's General Director of Security that bans all audiovisual recordings of citizens and police at any demonstration and or protest. In other words, if there is a demonstration or a protest, filming it is illegal. Wow. There you go. Next door to Iran now, where Iranian workers have released a May Day statement. On the occasion of May Day, 15 organisations, including syndicates, independent workers' organisations, teachers' trade unions, retirees' independent organisations and women's rights groups, have released a message to the workers of the world, which reads as follows... This will be our second May Day that we have to celebrate that we have to celebrate the international solidarity of the working classes while the lives of working people are d- are deeply undermined by a global health crisis. The solution to this crisis could not and will not be presented by the people who are the real source of the problem to begin with. History teaches us over and over again that the global dominating powers under no circumstances intend to protect the interests of the working class and ordinary people people in any part of the world. <coughs> Excuse me. Hence, there remains no doubt among the working people that our only outlet from this dilemma lays in the hands of class solidarity among workers and the affiliation among workers from urban areas to rural parts. We need a convergence of dispersed struggles and a deep-rooted actual solidarity among these struggles will be an urgent and vital necessity for working people in the coming year. The emancipation of the workers is brought only by the workers themselves. I just, I just put that. I just thought um, it's, it's quite a great a, message. It's, isn't it? it's a great <clears throat> message, and to think that they've, you know, many of them been in jail, many have been killed. There's massive repression. Um, I think the whole idea of Marxism, socialism, would have been so repressed over so many years in mm-hmm. Iran. But here they are. They're all like still fighting hard and still coming up with these great um, encompassing statements and beliefs. Yeah. Well, moving now to the. Philippines, where the May Day rally there was very heavily suppressed. Last Saturday on the 1st of May, police arrested 35 workers who were on the way to a demonstration at Plaza Independencia in Cebu City in central Philippines. While the official reason for their arrest was for breaking COVID-19 guidelines, many of the workers stated that they were still on their way and in vehicles when they were arrested. 
Sounds very similar to what happened to comrade Chris Breen uh, during a refugee protest here in Melbourne. In the capital, Manila, police block protesters' access to the traditional gathering places of Menjola and Liwasang Bonifacio, forcing them to assemble in less central areas. This ongoing police repression comes as the economic situation for workers in the Philippines keeps getting worse with increasing unemployment and poverty rates. In unrelated, in uh, in additional news from the Philippines, in positive news, I, right, I see it? your attempt. I see your attempt There's here, a, well done. There is one positive news. So listeners, just <laughs> concentrate on this bit. Eight union leaders unfairly dismissed in 2019 and 2020 at an apparel company that supplies to global company Lululemon have been reinstated and a collective agreement has been negotiated as a result of a protracted union campaign. There you go. That's I love the... that because Lululemon claims to be such a good corporate citizen, yet it, um, its supply chain is, uh, is not. Mm-hmm. That's right, which uh, unfortunately that's uh, how a lot of uh, um, companies now do it. And um, yeah, so we now go to um, Cambodia, where in the last few weeks, Cambodia is also having uh, another COVID 19 wave uh, and the worst outbreak since the pandemic began last year. He has now imposed strict lockdowns backed, backed by punitive fines and jail terms in Phnom Penh and several other areas in a bid to curb the virus spread. While do, these actions do slow down the spread of the virus, they are having a disproportionate impact on workers and their families. There are increasing reports that for many families, not only has their money run out, but they have run out of food. While the government claims that they are providing support to these families, that reality is that many are missing out. A report released by the UN in February of this year estimates that unless more action is undertaken by the government, the poverty rate is expected to double by the end of the year. And again, it shows um, very much the connection between health and poverty uh, in many countries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, now to Jerusalem, which is becoming a site of ongoing mass protests. The protests by Palestinians in late April against the closure of part of the old city's Damascus Gate by the Israeli military have not stopped even after the reopening of this area. And just for listeners to know, during the month of Ramadan, the Palestinians of Jerusalem... After after the evening prayers, I have a protest every year on every night of Ramadan uh, against the Israeli occupation of Jerusalem. The issue that the closure highlighted was the progressive loss of space for Palestinians in Jerusalem. In particular, the ongoing eviction of Palestinians and demolition of their houses has focused on the current hotspot of Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood in occupied East Jerusalem. And just yesterday, Itamar Ben Gavir, who is known for saying that Arabs should be deported from Israel, uh, went down there to stir this up even more. This week, many Palestinians were arrested and injured as they tried to defend 13 Palestinian families from eviction by the Israeli military. With the cancellation of the Palestinian elections by the PLO, anger and energy is now being directed towards defending Palestinians' right to live and exist in Jerusalem. In an unrelated incident, Saeed Oder, a 16-year-old child, was killed by Israeli security forces when he was shot in the back at the entrance of the village of Odala near Nablus. Yes, uh, I mean, it's very, very interesting what's happening there. And, uh, you know, 
I think especially the fact that the PLO has cancelled elections, I think mm-hmm. this has just uh, increased the tensions by the Palestinians. Absolutely. They've just got no outlet That's right. for, the, um, for how to fight against the occupation. Anyway, we'll go to a um, couple of community uh, announcements. That's the end of the Labour update from the region for this morning. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you by Australia. Working on your favourite community uh, radio station, 3CR. This is Irene Bolger, former Secretary of the Nurses' Federation in Victoria. Throughout the nurses' dispute in 1986 and the waterfront dispute in 1998, 3CR was always there, broadcasting the voices of workers in struggle. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio and we're broadcasting live from the Bay to Chicken Strike here in Melbourne. We've just seen all of the thousands of nurses walk through to their meeting and people from different unions showing their solidarity. 3CR. Radio for the workers, by the workers, since 1976. Australia is a crime scene. It's unfinished business, this crime. People don't understand that it was a military exercise. It was military in the first fleet. It was Captain James Cook. It was Captain Arthur Phillip. Right through the history of Australia, it's a military exercise. Our people have suffered greatly because the white man is not prepared to act honourably and legally. It's still the case in this country today. This is 3CR. Anytime outside Jan 26, that's the date for the 
suckers doing that sucker shit. That's that land taking flag waving attitude. Got this new cap and cook dance to show you how to move. How you wanna raise a flag with a rifle that make us wanna celebrate anything but survival? Nah, you watching telly for the bachelor, but wouldn't read a book about a fuckload of massacres. I remember all the blood and what carried us. They remember 20 recipes for lamingtons. Yeah, their ancestors got a boat ride. Both minds saw them coming until they both died. Fuck celebrating days made of misery. Why I still got the black history. And that shirt will get you banned from the parliament. If you ain't having the conversation, well, then we starting it. You can call it what you want, but it just don't mean a thing. No, it just don't mean a thing. Fuck that, honey. Yeah, you can call it with your flesh, but it don't mean a thing to me. No, it just don't mean a thing. No, it just don't mean a thing. I just don't mean a thing. Wow, that was a great song. Thanks for that, uh, Pierre. It's 17 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents. Next Saturday, the 16th of May, is there's a demonstration here in Melbourne to commemorate Tamil Genocide Day. And joining us on the show this morning is Charanya from the Tamil Refugee Council. Welcome to the program, Charanya. Hi, thanks for having me. So Tamil uh, Genocide Day, please, um, to start off with, just uh, orient the listeners, uh, what, what's the day about? Is it, is it the overall situation of Tamil genocide or is it particularly around the defeat of the Tamil Tigers in 2009? Um, so basically Tamil Genocide Day signifies, and I'm going to issue a trigger warning about what I'm going to talk about. So I'm going to talk about wartime um crimes and atrocities. So thank, basically thank you. in that sorry. Um basically in two thousand and nine, um Muli Weichel was um declared like a no fire zone and it was bombed and shelled and a lot of civilians died and there was a mass genocide of like a lot of people. A hundred thousand people, sorry. Um so basically, that also signified the end of the national liberation struggle for Tamil Elam. And that is called Tamil Genocide Day because it was a day of mass suffering and carnage. And yeah, that's what the day signifies. We understand that um, the refugee situation in Australia in particular for Tamils is quite dire. Um, how many uh, Tamils in refugee camps here do you understand, or, or, or not just in Australia, but in camps operated by the Australian government? I think in Australia it's around 50 at the moment, from my understanding. Um, it's, it's really difficult because the Australian government is obviously really reticent to not um, giving visas to Tamil refugees. And, um, sorry, they're not, um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm asking part of the struggle against genocide of Tamils, uh, I imagine would also be about supporting their safe departure from the country uh, in escape of the ongoing atrocities against the Tamils in, in Sri Lanka. Is that the case? Yeah. So the Tamil Refugee Council maintains that the genocide is ongoing. Um, and this is seen by like a lot of things like the militarization, um, the military occupation of Tamil lands and the police brutality and just um, the lack of release of prisoners, like Tamil prisoners of war. Um, there's just a lot to it. Um, and the Australian government is also complicit by sending people back when they're seeking refuge in Australia. Yeah, thanks. This is um, Pierre Charania. Um, on, on that point that you mentioned, I mean, obviously, well, not obviously, but, un, you know, unfortunately, there's been no account of the, of the crimes committed uh, at that time in, in 2009. But um, can you give us, and obviously there's incredible trauma left over from there, but for the Tamils that are living in northern Sri Lanka now, so you're talking about 12 years after the end of the military campaign, um, what's, what, what is life like? Um, yeah, so currently on the ground, there... Um because of the recent elections and the re-election of, uh, not the re-election, but the election of Gotavaya Rajapaksha, who was the defence secretary during 2009, um, things have escalated for Tamil um, people in Sri Lanka. So under their term in 2009, there was a lot of war crimes and genocidal attacks. Um, but now there's like just the implicit threat of just police brutality, um, um, sorry, uh, occupation of lands, and just like people are, they don't have freedom of speech, like activists and journalists are being silenced, um, and um, monuments are being destroyed as well. Tamil monuments are being destroyed and replaced by Singhala Buddhist monuments as well. Right. So it's not a great situation. No, no, certainly it's it's not. And just an additional, I know that Giselle wants to um, ask another question, but I just uh, just went ahead as as, as usual. Um, but um, just on 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 that point, so for the Tamils, uh, is there any escape route, or uh, do they feel like they're just in a in a huge open air prison? Um, yeah, so basically, from my understanding, it does seem like Tamils just feel like they're in a prison. So any type, any kind of way to escape is being um, blocked for them. And then when they're living there, they don't have the freedom because of the military occupation. So, yeah, it's a very suffocating environment. On that day-to-day life for Tamils in Sri Lanka, uh, I mean, you mentioned the disappearances and the military repression, um, but you also mentioned very briefly this issue of um, arrests and, and prison. I just wanted to ask you a little bit more about that. What is the situation for Tamils and, and who um, who's being targeted? Are particularly political uh, organisers being targeted or just ordinary ordinary Tamils? Um, 
So both. So recently the mayor of Jaffna was arrested and interrogated for counterterrorism claims, according to the Sri Lankan government. So he's like a prominent political figure. But also like recently um, from the Tamil Guardian, there's footage of um, just civilians being arrested for not wearing their masks properly and they've been like brutalised and thrown into vans. Um, so I think anyone who is Tamil or Muslim or any kind of minority in Sri Lanka right now, they're just being targeted by the fascist regime there. So it sounds like the COVID rules are also being used as a as a um, excuse to further repress Tamils. Yes, of course. And um, like I said before, they're also targeting Muslim populations. So one of the things they've done is forced cremation um, for for their like dead ones. So that is obviously against their faith, but um, they're forcing that on them as well. And is the, the COVID situation, we would assume, but we don't know, would be dire in, in Sri Lanka also? It just doesn't have the population and therefore not the um, confronting figures that India has. Uh, are Tamils um, last in line, so to speak, for medical treatment and so on in the COVID pandemic? Um, yes. Yeah, they definitely are. So in terms of uh, of being part of the Refugee Council, you've given a very good uh, uh, overview of the, the ongoing uh, repression and um, quite stifling situation for um, Tamils in, uh, in, in Sri Lanka. So internationally, um, what support networks are there? Um, I mean, is, is there understanding of what is happening or the issue... Uh, has receded and 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 people have moved on to other crises. Um, you know what 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 do you feel? Um, I feel like internationally, the Tamil Ilong diaspora are still fighting for their rights in the Tamil homeland. Um, I think in Canada recently they've established the Tamil Genocide Week and had that gone through. Um, in London, there have been protests recently. There was a hunger strike um, regarding the UN decision. So I think internationally, there people are still concerned about people's ongoing lives in Sri Lanka. And there is a demonstration that the Tamil Refugee Council is organising for next Saturday. Do you want to give out the details of that? Yep. So the... A uh, rally is going to be held in Sydney and Melbourne. In Sydney, it will be at Sydney Town Hall at 2pm, Sunday 16th of May. And in Melbourne, it will be at the State Library at 2pm on Sunday on the 16th of May as well. And uh, do you have any um, standout demands for the rally or it is uh, more or less to call for the end of the genocide and to acknowledge that it is still ongoing? Yeah, so like one of our key demands is calling on the Australian government to not aid genocide. Um, and yeah, also not to give in aerial drones and like gifts mm-hmm. to the Sri Lankan government. Excellent. Very, very important demands. Uh, also acknowledging. Australia's complicity, not just in um, refusing to take refugees, but also in. in um, indirectly in, in uh, promoting the creation of the refugee crisis. Exactly, yes. 
Charanya, thank you so, so much for your time this morning. We really appreciate it. And thanks for um, explaining Tamil Genocide Day and the importance of commemorating it and for giving us the details of the rally. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That was Charanya from the Tamil Refugee Council on the issue of the Tamil uh, Genocide and Tamil Genocide Day. 3CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. Well, that does bring us to the end of the show. It is 29 minutes past 9 o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents. Pierre, what do you have to tell me in the final closing minutes of the show? Oh, well, it's not even closing minutes, the closing seconds. Um, I think that's... Um, that's it. We'll that... be back next Saturday with more news and current affairs from the Asia-Pacific region. Maybe you could do your job this time. Who knows? We're never really sure from day to day. But that's it from me, Giselle Hanna. Me, James Barry. And Pierre Morrow, just also to remind you that Radiothon is coming up here on your favourite community station, 3CR. And, of course, Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you by Australia Asia Workerlings. We'll be back next week with 9 o'clock with more news from the region and the labour struggles. And let's hope we can actually report on some victories, more victories this time. Anyway, that's all from me. That's coming up. That's right. So stay tuned to 3CR Radio because uh, Palestine, remember, is coming up. Uh, right now. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.